0: everybody, and welcome back to Chakras and Cuss Words podcast. I'm so excited you guys are here today. I have an amazing friend and an amazing topic. Today, we are going to talk about reducing burnout and how so many of us get stuck in that area of burnout with not even really acknowledging it until we've already hit the area of burnout, full on sizzle. So, I have my friend uh, Jennifer. And, Jennifer, welcome to Chakras and Cuss And please introduce yourself. Hey, thank you. I am so excited
1: to be here, uh, Catherine. And I, this is so fun. Um, thank you for letting me bully you into allowing me on your podcast. <laughs>
0: No, no. I was excited to have you on. I was like, yes. I I mean, in all honesty, you don't find many burnout coaches and people who are centered in helping people reduce burnout, because that is such like a big thing. And I think so many coaches actually promote people to like, keep going. So yeah. Yeah. Can you kind of tell us like, what, like, what is burnout for most people? Like how, and what happens when they kind of get in that area? You bet. You bet. Yeah. Bur-
1: um, burnout. I think coach the burnout concept of a burnout coach, I think is relatively new to people because the concept of burnout is relatively new to people. It wasn't something people were talking about when I first started coaching uh, this, You know, fo- coaching and focusing on this Particular topic. Um, but um, I've been a burnout coach for six years, but have actually been studying and researching the topic for 12 because I burned out myself and I, there weren't any resources available at the time. I couldn't find any uh, effective recovery methods, so to speak. And I feel like it made the process a lot harder. Than it needed to be as well as a lot more confusing and really feeling unsupported um, because people would just kind of look at me cross-eyed when I talked about it. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy <laughs> that it's being talked about. I'm not happy that so many people are burned out, but it's also not a shock because really our culture is based on our work culture, I should say, and well, even our personal culture is based on Productivity. How can we do more? How can we do more in less time? How can we be happier people? How can we, um, you know, be um, everything to everyone? Essentially, make others happy at the same time. And so, there's just a lot of things that have been normalized within our our culture. At speaking American, you know, the U.S., the United States culture, that have been normalized that are actually very very stressful and not normal behaviors for humans. So right. that's how I got into it.
0: Because other cultures, they don't necessarily have the quote unquote, like 40 hour work week or typical, um, I I, I say like hamster wheel uh, lifestyle that most Americans have. They actually have it a little bit different, (laughs) which some people might not even realize that. That there is.
1: True, true. It's, it's true that most people don't. I mean, we're very unaware, I think, of um, how other people live around the world. I think there are people that aren't, that don't live in America, that aren't as um, aware, I should say, of how Americans actually work. And maybe they come here to work or to visit and are astounded by what they find out. Uh, but we, you know, definitely live to work in this country, whereas in a lot of other places, they just work to live.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's true. That is so true. So when you started like studying burnout and was that because you were a coach who was getting burnt out at the time? No, I wasn't even a coach. uh, at the, at the time
1: I was somebody that was a small business owner and Mm -hmm. was completely fried. I was completely burned out. And, uh, when I couldn't find resources, I, you know, when I finally got to this point where I felt like I was recovering, I had clear signs of it. I thought to myself, you know, this is really awful. And I, I know I'm not the only person that has gone through this or feels this way. And I'm a writer um, by, you know, by my nature. Um, I love the field of psychology and have a degree in it. Um, and it just became kind of a passion project at first. And then it, as the more invested I became in it, the more interested and the more information that I collected, I really decided that it was time to start creating some resources, some recovery resources, and get into the coaching.
0: Mm, okay. Okay. What, like, what do you think is the overall? like problem with most Americans do you think it's the actual work like it's actually I gotta get up go to work and then I gotta come home then I gotta cook dinner then I gotta do that like do you think it's like the actual workflow that's burning out most Americans or do you think it's just everything like do you think we're putting too much on our plate? Like we're just doing too many of the things, like how do most people get to this area? I, uh, that's a great question. And I I will actually just say
1: people in general, not just Americans, um, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I'm speaking from what I know about the American culture because that's what I've experienced. But um, I think it's a combination of everything you just listed um, Mm -hmm. as well as a mindset that's been ingrained in us since we were kids, you know, just that we should be a certain type of person who does a certain type type of thing, Um, you know, very achievement oriented when it comes to school. Uh, There's just, you know, a lot of um, pressures uh, that, even I'm going to go ahead and throw social media in there as well. That mm-hmm. social media has exacerbated for a lot of us. We see people doing things and our FOMO, or, you know, doing things or having things that we would like to have or places we would like to go to, and do you know, or even getting promotions in their job, and that kicks in our FOMO as well as mm-hmm. some mindset issues that you know we have. We're not able to separate you know, the fact that this is a different person that has, you know, a different lifestyle and their brain operates a little bit differently. Um, but there are definitely a lot of different, um, you know, factors that contribute to burnout. Um, but, you know, just to give a really truly basic definition of burnout is that it is chronic. It's, you know, you burn out from chronic stress, uh, Mm -hmm. from, you know, Um, physical, mental, and emotional exhaustion, Mm -hmm. you know, from, and that comes after a long period of time. And Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's just something that depending on what it is you're focusing on, different Mm -hmm. things can affect your stress levels or cause you to burn out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, definitely like different things trigger it. Or if you're maybe just doing too much all around and feeling that area where it's like, it's, you're not able to like focus on just one thing. And I kind of feel like, um, you know, for most of us, like if we're coming home and we have kids or we have dogs and animals that, you know, we have to tend to, and then we're like, also have this project and that project and just kind of putting ourselves in an area where it's like, okay. I, I'm like it's so burnt out. Where are some of this like are there like symptoms and signs that people might start to realize like I'm burnt out or do they just automatically like plop on the couch and they're like, I'm done. Like I'm so <laughs> done. <glad, right? laughs> well,
1: that was my experience. I'm over this. I'm done. Yes. I can't do anymore. Yeah. Um, I like to tell people my give a damn busted, um, mm. <laughs> really. but yeah, there are, there are signs and symptoms. And I like to say, it's not your fault. It really isn't your fault. So our body, just to do, give a little bit of um, background, science background about how stress works in our bodies and our minds. Um, we don't notice, always notice when we're stressed out. Um, the, the stress response inside of our bodies is automatic. And it, ad, our bodies are built to adapt to different levels of stress relatively quickly. And so we don't always notice when that stress is ratcheting up and it gets to a place um, where we can no longer handle it. And usually the first clue that people have that they're even stressed out, let alone burned out is that their coping mechanisms start not working. So the things that you typically do to soothe, you know, unconsciously do to soothe your stress response, they stop working. Sometimes you'll just, you know, take a deep breath or you'll um, maybe go take a drink of water uh, or the um, some things that are maybe just a little bit more obvious, maybe you know why you go and have a glass of wine after work, Um, but maybe that stops working. There's just, there are things within our body that prevent us from actually hearing ourselves think and hearing our body scream at us, stop, slow down. This isn't, you know, this isn't what you should be doing. So it's, it's not always your fault when you don't notice that your stress levels are getting to a point where they're unbearable. Um, But, you know, that's why people like me are around to start help you starting to help you understand as well as build an awareness of your stress levels and when your body is starting to cry out. But some symptoms and signs would be unusual, irritable, uh, unusual levels of irritability. Okay. Um, res- you might start feeling, having feelings of resentment. These are some of the lesser known signs as well. Uh-huh. Um, you know, people don't always associate anger and resentment with burnout. Um, right. But those are two things that are uh, um, cornerstone feelings, um, cornerstone uh, symptoms of burnout, because you start to relate things in your head that are frustrating you, that are exhausting you. And so that's how those feelings of anger and resentment, you know, start to build and develop. Um, You know, exhaustion is absolutely a cornerstone. um, But I, I always hesitate to point that one out, because exhaustion is a symptom of like literally everything. (laughs) Right. 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 Um, (laughs) but you know, your, your relationships deteriorate, particularly your professional relationships, you start to have thoughts that your coworkers suck, you know, that they aren't able, you know, their, the quality of their work is never good enough for you or, um, you know, they don't show up when they need to kind of a thing. Right. Um, you, you will also see changes in your body. Um, you start, there's outward signs of stress, you know, you're losing hair, you might develop Mm. acne, you, there might be a weight change, either loss or gain, you um, are craving carbohydrates like crazy. Uh, And that may be a new thing for some people. Right. Um, where, yeah, maybe they had a sweet tooth, but now it's like out of control. Yeah. 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 It's like out of control. Um, so those are some of the signs to really look for when your body is screaming, Okay, I've hit my peak stress and I can't do anymore and I'm heading towards burnout. And right. I think a lot of people, it really does show up one day as I can't get out of bed, or right. they sit down in a chair and, and they just literally shut down. Their body just right. says, you know, finally says to them, I've had enough.
0: We're done. Yeah. This is this is yeah, just too too much. Because I think, like um, I mean. In all honesty, like I feel like I grew up in a household where, like, everybody in that household—meaning my, like, my parents and stuff—and probably still, like, now, were like, "quote unquote," very hard workers. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was yeah. implemented in us. You work hard to have nice things. You know what I mean? Like that—that yes. that is that is how you get there is by working hard. You know, my dad, my dad would literally have probably 16 hour days, um, Mm -hmm. five days a week. Like he was a business owner who came from, um, who came from Mexico. So he started with nothing, you know, absolutely nothing and built a business, a very successful business literally from the ground up. And it was like, If, you know, if you want to have anything, you have to work your ass off, like nonstop. And then my mom worked just as hard as my dad, if not harder, because she was the one still with the children, you know, and taking care (laughs) of the children. And then it was just like implemented in me from like, well, you're not working hard enough or you know, if you want this, you have to work harder, 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 harder. You know, it's like yep. ah, yeah, and yeah, um, I feel like that's the culture with like a lot of like people, and and obviously with a lot of like families. I mean, like, I think I made a post like um, <laughs> you know, telling my dad, like, oh, you know, I'm feeling burnt out. And he's like, you don't, you know, like you don't know burnout, you know what I mean? Like, don't bring that, that term here. There's, you know, no such thing, you know, you, you work till you die basically. I mean, he's 76 and he's still working. So I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't know what's going on with this guy. Is he ever going to retire? Probably not, you know, but (laughs) it's like, so how, like, how can we, in some ways, change this cultural structure. So, so many people, especially like our generation and like my children's generation, just come to the notion that like, we don't have to make ourselves completely burnt out. Oh, this is a good question. Um, And a
1: complicated answer. Yeah. So I think there are a lot of things that need to happen and a lot of things that can't happen. And one of the things that, and I grew up in a very, very similar environment to you. My parents were small business owners, my grandparents, my great, I mean, just almost as far back as you can reach in my family. And I was raised with the same mindset. And one of the things that I think is happening is we're all basing our work ethic on on an achievement overachiever kind of mindset and overachievers um, by definition, just, you know, aren't ever satisfied with, you know, the amount of work. It's never that they're never satisfied with their work. It's just that they're never satisfied with their, with the amount of work that gets done. There's always more to do. And a lot of us, um, you know, aren't that kind of person um, we don't have that mind that capacity within our mind um, or it's just not something we believe in um, but the culture around us obviously does and we're pressured into it and I think we can start with redefining what it means to work hard because I think every industry every job has a different um different level of hard work um but also starting to question if that's really you know the way to get things done is to keep pushing ourselves until you know pushing ourselves to exhaustion and you know we're as human beings we're really good at just allowing you know history to repeat itself not learning from you know our ancestors (laughs) who you know got to their deathbeds, I mean, nobody ever gets to their deathbed and says, God, I really wish I had worked more and worked harder. They usually have a lot of regrets about not traveling more or spending more time with their family. Right. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's time for all of us to kind of wake up and say, Hey, maybe it is, you know, the right thing for me to work 16 hours a day. Maybe that is something I really enjoy, but I have to understand that the person next to me may not enjoy that. At, may not want that for their life, mm-hmm. and starting to be more accepting of um, the fact that you know there are people that are going to want to work differently. And I think we're starting to see uh, some of that this show up in our culture with some of the younger you know, like the Gen Z generation that is starting oh, to do yeah. what they're call, calling quiet quitting. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of thoughts on that. Um, I think it's, the sentiment is there, but I think the, um, the, what do you call it? The actual, um, how they actually do it is kind of going about it the wrong way. Right. Um, I do think it's important that we start to, we learn, you know, how to create boundaries earlier in our lives with both, you know, the amount of work we want, you know, to do and as well as, you know, with re- relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, because what we're seeing with the quiet quitting movement is that people don't really understand or have no practice in setting boundaries. And that's also something that's a passion project of mine that I discovered about myself is that I didn't know how to set boundaries. I didn't know how to say no. And I just, I feel like our, you know, if we can start teaching, you know, our kids and as well as starting to coach a little bit in the workforce that, Hey, um, you know, not everything has to be pushed to the brink of exhaustion. You know, look what happens when you actually take a break. Look what happens when you um, actually give your brain a rest. You actually end up being more productive Mm -hmm. and the quality of work is drastically different. Mm -hmm. Um, But instead we're choosing to ignore, you know, those obvious obvious research studies that are telling us that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I think you also have to want to do that. And I think there are still a fair number of people that don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But you know, if we can educate ourselves a little bit better on mindset and work ethic, um, you know, get it, start getting out of this distorted view of what we mm-hmm. think hard work is or should right. be, right? I think we'll have some success
0: there. And and I mean, I think in all honesty, too, with the because I have to. Gen, I guess, I don't know if my son's a Gen Z, he's 20, but I I think my daughter is, she's 24. So I think they're about, yeah, Gen Z, where I feel like with their culture, like they're, they're both like completely like driven and have their own goals and, and stuff like that. But I also feel like with them, I'm trying to show them like, you can work, and you can you know work hard, and blah blah. But you also have to like be mindful with your money too, and not put yourselves in these like huge areas of debt. Like the Gen X generation, who, and the you know baby boomers, who are just like working, 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 just to buy, 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 buy. You know, and yeah, yeah. And I think that's a huge part of it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, for a very long time you know, my husband worked two jobs for um, multiple years, probably like for 10 years, he worked um, two jobs. I worked two jobs. Like this was the first time that maybe in the last two years that I quit one of my jobs, like ever since I became a nurse and I was like, I need to just work, 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 because, you know, I need to have all this money. F- and it was like, for what? I just buy more crap. <laughs> right? like, yeah. yeah. Like, what, what am I doing? You know? Yeah. And, and I think yeah. this, this, um, the cult, I feel like the gen X generation, like the, the hustle culture is just really, and then a little bit of our culture before with the baby boomers, like um, before us really just set up this, this area of you have to work, work, work and work, work, work. And then I feel like with this generation, they're becoming a little bit more cognizant to why and how come should I work so much? My parents look completely stressed out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I yeah, see the results of it. Right? Yeah. Right? Like, what is this bringing me? You know what I mean? And I think they're more acknowledging that. Um, and then also with the hustle culture, I feel too with media, it's just so like, it just creates... I feel like it honestly creates a lot of limiting self-beliefs for many people, because it's like, well, you must not be hustling hard enough. Or the reason why you don't have a six pack is because, you know, you're just not in the gym hard enough. Or the reason why you can't, um, you know, do your business is because you're not waking up at 4 a.m. and running on a Peloton bike and... (laughs) Yeah. Doing all these things, it's like, what the heck is going on over, over here? And I'll be honest, the first time I ever heard of somebody having like exhaustion, and was Mariah Carey. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> on TRL. I don't know if you remember when Mariah. Oh, wow, Carey, that's a throwback.
1: Yeah, right.
0: Had had her exhaustion period, and like you know, quote, quote her little um, mel- mental breakdown on TRL. And she had all these extra stressors going on with her personal and professional life. And she was yep. like touring and she was doing all these things. And then all of a sudden everybody's like, she was admitted to the hospital. And I was like, for exhaustion. And I just remember right? being, and I and I was taking like, oh. just take right. A and nap. I was like, "Well, that makes sense because she's famous. So since she's famous, she must be, you know, working harder than all of us, you know." <laughs> just, but, but no, it could happen to everybody. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. And I also want to point out that women are twice as likely as men to burn out. Um, there just oh. are a lot of pressure pressures that are put on women that aren't right. put on men. Um, and we saw a lot of that in the pandemic. Um, there is a reason that we lost almost an entire generation of women in the workforce. Um, because, you know, we expect women not only to work, but we also expect women to take care of the children and take care of the house and, you know, also do a lot of emotional labor that just is not put upon men. I'm not saying that men don't do it, but it's right. not, as expected of them, and I, I'm one of the other, you know, passion projects that I've, you know, kind of got going on on the side is bringing some more awareness to this that we need to do better at. And I'm not, I don't want to use the word accommodating women mm-hmm. in the workforce, but you know, changing the way we think about how women work, mm-hmm. um, you know, and our expectations of them needs to change. I don't think it's an accommodation problem. I think it's an, an expectation problem. So it's, you know, that's just something um, that really, and at the time, Mariah wasn't a mother. So um, no, that, she wasn't. that doesn't she was... mean that, she, but there's a lot right. of sexism in the music industry. There's a lot of um, other, uh, you know, there's probably pressure on how she looks, her diet, um, you know, being, having this persona that really isn't her. And something that's also not recognized as a cause of burnout is inauthenticity, not being yourself. That's exhausting, trying to be somebody else, as well as trying to be everything to everybody. But Mm -hmm. that's, you know, it's not a surprise looking back at how she was probably living and her just one day having enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm i need to see if I can if that interview is on YouTube. Um because I'm I sure almost it, wonder.
0: It is where she had like she was on TRL with I mean, I remember it so like, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, the mind of a 15-year-old girl can hold a lot of valid information. And yeah, I was yeah. like, whoa, what's going on, Ryan? She's like really tripping out right now. And you can Yeah, and you could just tell that she was having something going on, and and you know, and everybody's like, "Oh, Mariah Carey must be on drugs," you know what I mean? Or right? Or it's you know, it's because Eminem's accusing her of this relationship, you know, or whatever was going on, you know, and probably a form of you know, just bullying on different Mm -hmm. areas of you know, being famous and you know what, whatever and she, and I just remember then the, like the following week, they said, like, she checked into like uh, some kind of uh, therapy treatment or rehabilitation for exhaustion. And I was like, exhaustion. And I just remember thinking, wow, you know, she it's cause she's famous and she's working just nonstop and, you know, and yeah. Yeah. But it can happen to everybody because I mean, there. I'll be honest, there's a lot of times where I'm like, I need a mental break, you know, from (laughs) from work. And especially as being a nurse, like um, there was a few times where it was like you start to evaluate like your profession or and you're like, I love my profession, but I don't know if I can keep this up for another 10 years or I need to reduce my hours or I need to do something where. Um, I'm not feeling so like resentful that I have to work. (laughs) Yeah. I I won the lottery.
1: (laughs) Why can't I be the billion dollar ticket holder? Right. There's, yeah, there's, there's something special going on with, um, medical, the medical professions like nurses, doctors, as well as other service type or helping, um, helping or caring um, professions like teachers, counselors, um, animal uh, welfare or um, rescues, um, as well as sh- animal shelters, veterinarians. Um, there's a term called compassion fatigue that a lot of those helping, caring, service type jobs, um, the people that have them are mo- more prone to developing that because you're being asked. You're being exposed to trauma. You're being exposed to somebody's somebody else's trauma, and our bodies and our brains can't help but respond to that in an empathetic way. And we also end up taking on some of that trauma. It, some of that trauma gets transferred into us when we we are in the you know caring for somebody else. And depending on how um, you know you're set up, your mindset. You know, do you have some healthy coping mechanisms are you seeing a counselor are you um, you know do you have a healthy lifestyle do you have some way to refill your bucket at the end of the day or decompress you know to get rid of you know all that anxiety all that trauma and a lot of um uh I think nurses in particular and doctors in particular throughout the pandemic were really Um, being backed into a corner with care and, you know, having to show a lot of compassion at a time when they weren't getting much shown to them. (laughs) And, um, you know, it's just something that I do talk about a lot with people that are in those professions and compassion fatigue definitely can lead to burnout, but you can also have compassion fatigue without the burnout. But um, I do see a lot of it, you know, hand in hand, that if somebody is experiencing compassion fatigue, they're either well on their way to burning out or they're in
0: burnout. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, what, like, what are your main tips that you would give somebody who is working in that area of possibly maybe starting to get a little close to burnout? Like, it's, it's creeping up there.
1: you <laughs> feel it coming on.
0: Right, uh, burned out coming on, yeah.
1: Yeah, I would love to share some tips on that because I think yeah. we talk about being burned out, but we don't, um, I don't think a, there are a lot of, of um, stress management, oppor- you know, t- uh, effective, I should say, effective stress management tips that are um, shared with people. Um, uh, you know, I think a lot of people Google burnout or they Google compassion fatigue and they get the same old set of, mm-hmm. you know, solutions of get some sleep, take a break, um, you know, <laughs> exercise, eat better, drink water, take, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, while those things are helpful, they're just band-aids really, because they don't attack the root of the problem. And, uh, one of the most effective things to, that somebody needs to do, first of all, just to you know recover from burnout, they have to find the root of their burnout, what actually caused it. And uh, one of the things that I um, really encourage people to do when they feel like they're on the way to burnout is to start to build an awareness of their stress, their stress levels mm-hmm. and where it's coming from. And one of the easiest things, and it's no cost, one of the easiest things that you can do is build kind of like a stress chart or a stress journal. Mm. And every day, um, you know, find some place on your calendar or on your phone where you can, you know, kind of make some notes. Um, But but have a scale. You can do it from one to five, one to 10. The numbers don't, you know, they have to have meaning to you. It doesn't matter which ones you use. But every day, rate your stress levels from one to five or one to 10, one being no stress, five or 10 being my stress levels are out of control. Mm-hmm. So let's use one to five. And at the end of the day, sit down and think through your day. And um, even as you're going through your day, um, you know, if you're finding that waiting until the end of the day is too long, just maybe stop, you know, put an alarm on your phone to stop midday mm-hmm. and um, check in with yourself am I feeling stress right now? How much stress am I feeling right now? What caused this stress? Because we stress is something that's so easy to ignore and something that is not easy to always notice. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: if you start making a note of, you know, that number, like, you know, let's say you're at a four, you had a four Mm -hmm. kind of a day, make a note next to the four. Hey, what contributed the contributed to this? being a four, you know, what happened today? Mm -hmm. Um, You don't have to go into great detail. Just, you know, I was asked to work extra hours. I didn't have enough help at work. I, you know, whatever, just something quick and simple. Right. And ideally you do this for no less than 30 days. And when you, at the end of 30 days, go back and start looking for a pattern. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, are there specific days of the month? Are there, um, specific activities that you were doing? Um, were there certain people involved? Do you mm-hmm. see you know, a repeat pattern of something? Mm-hmm. And that can help you not only build an awareness of your stress levels, like, oh my God, I'm a lot more stressed out you know, than mm-hmm. I thought I was. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a big deal. I really need to work on this. But it also tells you where it might be coming from. And you may not get the target right the first time. Sometimes things are symptoms, like you may have a frustrating
0: coworker. Oh, um, (laughs) I was going to ask that. What what do we do? Yeah, we can talk. Co-workers that drive us kooky, and I'm sure I'm a coworker that drives people kooky too. So I'm just going to say, say, no offense to anybody who might be a (laughs) coworker listening to this, because I know I drive y'all nuts, right? (laughs)
1: Right? (laughs) Hey, at least you know. No. (laughs) (laughs) but, you know, it's, it's looking, okay, let's take the annoying coworker example. Um, You know, look, ask yourself some questions. Is it you, or is it them? And if you, you know, if you think it's them, what is it specifically that they're doing? And is there a way for you to have a conversation with them? Or is there a way for you to um, navigate this differently? Because sometimes when we're having a reaction to something else, somebody's doing, that we aren't crazy about, we internalize a lot of things, we um, build up a lot more stress than that, it it builds up a lot more stress or anxiety than that other person that's doing the annoying is actually aware of. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, start to look for ways that you can either work around this annoyance. And if that's not possible, um, hey, can we sit down and talk about this? Um, this is causing some issues on my end. Here's what's happening. Um, you know, there's, there's, you know, you could also be doing something that's causing them to respond in an annoying way. Um, and I'll give you a great example of that. I, and I hope I can say this on your podcast, but I oh,
0: yeah. you, have, if you need I have,
1: to... yeah. yeah. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> well, it is called yeah. chakras and passwords, right? Exactly. So yeah, I, I have an extreme case of resting bitch face. Um, (laughs) it is extreme. Uh I, I look, look like I'm pissed when I'm actually thinking. Mm. And um, when I had employees, this was a huge problem for them. And they, um, you know, I wasn't, wasn't fully aware of how I was looking at people um, because I was thinking about something else. I was thinking about a business problem. I was thinking about a client. I was thinking about something that was happening in my personal life. And unfortunately it made my face scrunch up like, you wow. know, a Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And so I would, you know, I ended up having a conversation. One of the things that brought this to my attention was having a conversation with one of my employees. Like, I'm like, what did you, do? I mean, it wasn't exactly these words. It was far more professional. It's like, what is your deal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, And this brave employee said to me, well, you always look like you're pissed. You always look angry. And so I'm afraid to come and ask you things. Huh? (laughs) What? Um, You know, and she described what she was seeing. And that was my first awareness tick. And I went, oh, okay. So once I changed some of my behavior, um, I saw a difference in somebody else's. Right. Um, so, so that's, you know, that's why I'm telling that story is sometimes we're doing things that we aren't totally aware of. Um, like that coworker that sends emails at 10 o'clock at night. Um, you know, there's one of a couple of things that can happen there, right? Yeah. You can, It's like, uh,
0: do you not realize we're off the clock? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but
1: there are a lot of people that feel right. a need and a responsibility to answer that email when the expectation is that you don't answer it at all, you know, you don't answer it until the next day. Um, So it's, hey, um, you sent me that email, you keep sending me emails at 10 o'clock at night, that's when I'm getting ready for bed. Is this an issue? You might be surprised. Um, That person sending the email is like, oh my God, I have, you know, like, let's say this is a working from home situation. Right. Oh my god! I have kids in between, you know, two and four. I can't get anything done. So I, the work that I was intending to do then, I do later in the day or I do at night. Right. Please don't, please don't answer me until the next day. Yeah. But because of the way we're conditioned in the hustle culture and the busy culture, we feel like we have to answer, or we have, you know, like there's something wrong with us. Um, we're concerned of the impression that you know we might be giving the other person. So communication, (laughs) communication is also a big deal when it comes to burnout recovery and avoiding stress as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Would you give any, like, so I, I know that you had employees and stuff. So I feel like, you know, it always comes like the boss or the person in charge is making this environment exhausting or unbearable or whatever, would you give any tips to any people who actually manage employees or, um, co-workers on how they can help their employees reduce burnout? Absolutely.
1: Um, I think it goes, you know, um, hand in hand that the that management has to help the employees and the employees have to help management, That it's a reciprocal relationship when it comes to stress management. Um, I think that we've kind of got this, um, like you said, this um, there's starting to be this mentality that boss, you know, management is bad. You know, they're always there to harm and there are quite a few managers out there. Unfortunately, um, but their example, of, you know, who they learn to be a manager from or uh, the um, direction they're being given is poor. And so their management um, and leadership comes across as poor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it really would behoove both the manager and the employee to have a conversation about expectations mm-hmm. and, you know, hear realistically what should happen. What what are the hours that I'm expected to work? What's the productivity that's expected to me what of me? What levels are there? Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of communication lines can we have opened up so that we can you know avoid confusion, you know, or distractions or um, really assumptions assumptions and rumors are killers mm-hmm. in work relationships. Um, Because, you know, you just assume that your boss is a bad person or your boss wants you to work 75 hours a week when that really isn't what they want. Um, You know, so it's having both the boss and the employee having a conversation and I hear, I can almost hear the eyes rolling um, in your audience, like, oh, I have had this conversation
0: or
1: my boss doesn't care, you know, yeah. like, God, oh, yeah. it's clear you haven't worked. And I'm like, Oh, I mean, I, I get that. Like right. I said, there's some really bad bosses out there. Right. But here's the deal. If you're an employee that is working in a stressful environment and you truly have done your part in trying to manage the stress, manage your relationship with your boss, uh, Mm -hmm. manage the productivity, and you are still not getting the response from, you know, management that you would like, Mm -hmm. you have a couple of options. You can, you know, change the way you think about your job, which is one option. Hey, maybe my, you know, maybe my expectations for this kind of work Mm -hmm. aren't accurate. You know, there are some jobs like nursing where you don't get to clock out right at five o'clock every day.
0: No, you know? Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, so yeah there
0: there's sometimes where it's like you, there's no way you can, de- and especially depending on the department, there's no way you're guaranteed to get off at that time. Right. You know, you could, So. you're, I mean, because you never, like if you're, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> you're lucky. Like, if, yeah. If that's something, Yeah. You know, if that's something that's
1: important to you, that you clock in at 9 a.m., you clock out at 5 p.m., you know, not 5.01, you know, but 5 p.m., then that is something you need to address within yourself, that maybe you're either not working for the right company, you're not in the right profession, or maybe your expectations need to be remanaged. Um, You know, that, wow, in this line of work, it's never going to be a clear... Um, you know, I get to get to leave after eight hours. Um, there are jobs that are like that, and maybe that is a line of work to pursue instead. Right. And I'm—I don't want this to come across as victim blaming, or I'm blaming the employees because this goes for managers too. One of the things that I didn't know about myself—I hate managing employees. Yes, <laughs> I'm not yes. good at it. Yeah, and I do not enjoy it. Yeah, and you know that. A stunning re- realization changed my career. Um, because if I was going to be a business owner, one, one of a couple of things needed to happen. I either needed to change my attitude, you know, like figure out how to have a different mindset about managing employees or figure out how my business could run without me man- you know, being directly involved in the management. Right. And right. so the solution ended up being hiring somebody that that is their jam they do not mind the chaos and the problems that come with managing employees right and having that buffer between myself and it was an expensive buffer y'all <laughs> did right. not come without a cost um, and a hit to my you know I mean I took less of a paycheck to have this person yeah. um, because that's how important it was to me and I know that that's not always you know the, a decision some people can make in their lives, but having that stunning revelation really changed how I ran my business, how mm-hmm. I thought about my business, how I interacted with my employees, mm-hmm. um, and realizing that that was just something that somebody else was always going to have to do. Right. Um, because that's just not something about me that I, and this is going to sound so selfish, I was interested in changing. Because there were so many other things that were interesting to me about running a business and being a business owner, that you know, for you know, for now I can deal with this in a different way. Right. Um, will that always be the case? Will that always be um, possible for me? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I understand that, um, and I'm not kicking the can down the road because I, I have that awareness about myself, and yeah. so things you know, professionally will always be set up a little bit differently for me. That does take away some, um, you know, earning potential in some, you know, in some cases. But, you know, I don't think all of us stop and realize how we, the role that we're playing in a certain situation. And I hear people call me, they're stuck in jobs. They can't quit their jobs. They don't have any choice. You do have a choice. You really at the end of the day, the buck stops with you and what you yeah. um, are willing to put up with. And if you've done the, Hey, I've commun- communicated with my boss, yeah. nothing's going to change here. Then it may be time to quit. You know, it may be time to go somewhere else yeah. where um, you know, maybe it's a culture that's a better fit for you. Um, maybe it's a um, schedule. management it's the
0: schedule, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah.
1: The, and and what you can do now that you have this awareness of, hey, this is why I didn't like this job. Right. This is, these, these, were the, these were the roadblocks for me. When mm-hmm. you're interviewing for your next position, this is how not to take burnout with you. <laughs> it's right. to have that awareness of your strengths and your weaknesses, your expectations as well, and managing them as well as managing a potential employer. These are questions you can ask. Hey, what are the hours? How often will I be working overtime? Um, you know, what is the team structure? Like who does, you know, whatever it is that bothered you about your last job, yeah. you know, focus on those things for your next job to weed out, you know, potential employers or management situations that aren't going to be a fit. Otherwise you just put yourself right back. This is why I say job switches when people are like, I have to quit my job in order to recover from burnout no, (laughs) that's not true. Yeah. Sometimes it's, yeah. yeah, It's sometimes that, that ultimately is the solution, but really the solution is figuring out what burned you out. And sometimes it's the job and sometimes it's not, it's, you know, your mindset, it's your expectations, um, that are driving that burnout bus.
0: Right. And and it, and it's fine to have realistic expectations. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I know like some people be like, oh my gosh, you know, I gotta cook dinner every night or I gotta do this or I gotta make my bed. It's like, no, not really. <laughs> yeah. Like you could give one of those things up, you know. Yes. Like, you know, or oh yeah I have to go to the gym every day, or oh, I have to go on my walk every day, or you know, what whatever expectation you have you know, or I have to go to work every day. No, not really. You could, you know, maybe find a job where you work part-time, you know, there's all kinds of right expectations that we could slowly give up or give up, you know, we just have to,
1: yeah. Live. And, and it gets really lonely. This is something, um, I also had to learn the hard way is that, um, living your life as a team effort, <laughs> it, you should have a support network. Um, And some mentors, and I kind of call it my board of directors um, of people that when I'm having issues with something um, that I can go to that I trust and say, hey, I need, I need some help managing my expectations around this particular situation. What do you think? And um, it's really amazing the perspective that you get on your life through other people's eyes. Um, Yeah, sometimes they're wrong too, (laughs) but for the most part, um, you know, if you have a competent support network of people um, that respect you, want the best for you, um, can also tell you, are comfortable telling you no, um, you know, you'll be amazed at um, some of the answers you get and some of the things that you're blind to about your behavior or about somebody else's behavior Um, you know, you could be dealing with something at work that you think is totally normal Uh and you explain that situation to somebody, you know, in your support network. And they're like, that is not normal and not okay at all. Here's how to deal with that. Or, you know, you're describing something that's going on and, you know, this person can go, whoa, 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 let's take a step back and, you know, um, think about other solutions to deal with this that you may not be able to see. And that's how our brains work. You know, we get very tunnel vision and that's totally
0: normal. Mm, yeah, definitely. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast and everybody, how can they find you or reach out to you? Cause you give some amazing tips, like on your socials and you're kind of a little bit everywhere. So I yeah. love, yeah. Oh, thank
1: you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you can find me, like you said, almost everywhere. I have a website, it's jenniferbassman.com. Uh, my last name spelled B-A-S-S-M-A-N. Um, you can find me on my website. You can also find me on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, both um, are Jennifer Bassman as well. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, um, I'm on Clubhouse with you. Um, but I do have a course coming out in um, I believe about four weeks. Um, that is uh, specifically about burnout recovery and um, it's going to be called the uh, burnout recovery method. <laughs> so awesome. you know, clever, right. It's clear, it's clear what it is, but I am putting in an online course, um, my coaching experience and also my burnout research. These are the things um, you know, I make the path to burnout recovery clearer. For you and easier for you. Recovery is not easy, but I will make it easier for you by giving you clearer paths to, mm.
0: to recovery. Mm, that's amazing. Thank, well, you. Th- thank you so much. And I'll make sure to have all the links in the show notes and everybody. Yay! Yay. Everybody, I want to thank you for listening to chakras and cuss words. Please like, subscribe and share with a friends, especially your friends you see they're a little irritable, they might be burned out. So make sure to share yeah. this podcast yeah. with them.
1: <laughs> and thank you to your, thank you to your audience. I really have enjoyed talking with you, Catherine, you always crack me up. Um, <laughs> yeah. And if your audience is anything like you, and I imagine <laughs> that they are, you know, because great minds always, think alike and gather. Y'all are awesome. Absolutely amazing. And I would love to meet all of you and thank you for being here.
0: Thank you. Bye everybody. Have an amazing day. Bye.